When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, use the hashtag WFI Projects on Instagram, and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That's like a burrito. I love burritos. You're listening to number 77 of the Work For It podcast. I'm here as always with Brian Cohn. Yes, Dr. sir. Brian Cohn. Uh, Sharp the wannabe Floridian. <laughs> uh, freshly back from his uh, vacation, Mai Tais and Big Mice and... Uh, Disney princesses and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff. So, um, and we are having coffee this morning and recording. So it's Thursday morning. You're listening to this. And uh, we hope you're having a good working week as we are. Uh, Brian, uh, I assume you're back at it. I mean, when did you return from from the sunny state of Florida? We got home. We landed right around midnight on Sunday. So it would have been Monday morning, midnight. And we drove home, which was about a two and a half hour drive. And I was back in the shop Monday morning. Wow. Good. Right back at it. I mean, I was chomping at the bit to get back to work on this batch of knives. Um, It's going really well. It's my last Christmas batch. I mean, unless unless a couple other people decide to order between now and Christmas that don't need sheaths. um, You know, it's it's my last Christmas batch, so I'm just chomping at the bat to to get it done and get it out of the way so I can start on some other projects, Um, some more YouTube videos, some more, you know, kicking ass and taking names, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, well, that's good. It sounds like you just uh, you jumped right back into your work, which which seems to be like um, a positive thing for you. You're not like dreading it or anything. You sound like you're you're feeling very good about it and whatnot. So that's good. Yeah. Honest to God, I, I know a I was lot of people more, that don't feel that way. Honest to God, I was more anxious being at in Florida, being away from you know working on this batch. Even though I have mm. like more time than I could possibly need because you know these need to be done by Thanksgiving. So I'm I literally am all the way down at the time I would I just needed to glue on the handles and of course shape them up. Um, so I've got plenty of time. I've got more time than, you know, I, I need, 
I could probably honestly fit a whole nother batch in there if I if I really busted ass or had the Christmas orders to do it. But um, you know, I I just the entire time I was I was just like itching to get back into the workshop. So it, it was kind of weird being on vacation, wanting to be at, back to work. It is hard to relax, I think. And and you're not alone. There's a lot of people that feel that way. They're like, oh, I should be working. I should be going, uh, getting after it and, and uh, you know, not letting time slip by. That is one of the things that plagues entrepreneurs. You know, they they always feel like they should be progressing their business. And every minute uh, that they're not doing something to move their business forward, they feel like they're, you know, I know I, I deal with this on a regular basis. <laughs> And I was in the what? shop this morning. Anxiousness? At, What's that? <laughs> uh, well, you know, right, exactly. You know, right. Uh, food on the table and all that. So I remember, I remember what that felt like. Um, it gets, it doesn't change much. The older you get, it just the numbers change a little bit. You know, things look sure. a little different to you, but you, you're really still pushing. And I think that's. I always say, you know, if you can, if you can find a thing that you love to do. Uh, it gives you purpose and and fills your life with good things and it revolves around around work. Um, that's a good thing, I think. You know, there's so many people that are just in that rat race, you know, just every day going to a job. They're going to get a standard paycheck and, you know, it you know, doesn't really matter too much as long as they're there and they're, you know, somewhat focused on what they're doing. Their, their lives are pretty set. Uh, you know, you can just continue on. But uh, that was way too boring for me. I I did not want that. I did not like that at all. And I liked I liked the risk and the fun and the adventure and waking up every day and not knowing what the next day brings, which actually brings me to why I'm in the shop early this morning. I left before everyone was awake in my house. I got up at Good. 6 a.m. because nice. I'm expecting a delivery of steel today, which was completely not supposed to happen. Uh, but I had uh, a paralyzing moment two days ago where I was processing parts uh, in my new workshop. Okay. And I'm like, you know, these these tooling arms just don't feel, you know, once you've moved something, moved like a piece of steel that's the same thousands of times, and then you pick up one and you're like, this doesn't feel the same. There's something different oh, about this. Oh, no. And I couldn't, put, I couldn't put my finger on it. I'm like, this is lighter. It's just not the same. And I look at the label stamped on the side of my steel tubing that we use for tooling arms, and it says, made in the USA, 0.188. And I'm like, wait a minute. What does that mean? I'm, this I'm, is, in, I'm in the dark over so, here. So 0.188 is three sixteenths of an inch, which is a sixteenth okay. shy of a quarter of an inch, which oh, is no. what I purchased was and use in my design and you know some people would say oh it's probably fine or whatever uh no you know, that's not I, what your customers no, paid it, for that's exactly right so i'm staring at a at all of this steel sitting on the shelf that i had moved by hand you know with the fork truck you know moved it up but i move every piece by hand and i check them and make sure they're okay sure and i go they're all like this Every one of them. Oh, no. There's 250 of them. They're they're all like this. And so I get on the phone, my steel distributor. I'm like, look, I can't ship anything. Right now, we had dwindled down all of our kits to this last uh, 200 sets that we had, we had purchased. And I had just gotten right. these off the truck. And I said, look, I cannot ship 
this steel. No, you uh, can't. So I, I need, I need a replacement. Now, if you now, here's know anything question. about buying this stuff, it takes forever. Like I order two months in advance to get this steel. Now, I'm and sure I, said, I know the answer to this question, but was it on your end where a number got switched that shouldn't have gotten switched? Or was it on their end where they shipped you the wrong thing? Like it said quarter inch, but they sent you three sixteenths. Uh, it said quarter inch. That's what I ordered. And they okay. sent three sixteenths. So I checked well, the invoice. Sandwich. That was the first thing I did. Yeah, it was their fault. Because um, I've made so, that same know, mistake where, you know, you a, a customer orders this, that or the other. And I just flat out hit the wrong button. But I imagine on your mm-hmm. end, it's pretty automated where it's like, you know, you you need X amount of this and you just hit, you know, I need four four thousand blanks and they send you that that. Well, this is, you know, this is like the 10th order of this stuff that I've put through. So my, and I have a dedicated sales rep. And in fact, there there's no online form. There's no nothing. I have to call or email a person Ooh. and I have to and I talk with them directly because we're talking tens of thousands of dollars here. So it's like, right. You but can't, that, like, that sounds like a up, really, you know, that sounds like a point of failure. If you're if you're having to vocally oh, order this, that trust the other. me, trust me, there's. You know, this is a, and when I talk to other people in this industry, they're, they're, they all tell me the same stories that they have these exact same problems because steel distribution or material handling is like kind of an antiquated process. They haven't really, they haven't really fully, like they still send me these thick catalogs, you know, like who uses this anymore? Can I just go onto a website and, right? How you know, is there not a website order? where, like, if there when you not. go on McMaster, when you go on to McMaster Car, you know, there's there's a billion things that they sell and you can just go through and like save certain items Correct. and just reorder. I want a thousand of these, 500 of those. Like, how do yes. they not have that set up by now? Well, yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. It's just not done that way. And I, you know, you're right. Uh, and, and the thing is, is the invoicing and the. The, all the PDF documents that I got from this order, they all say quarter inch, even though I was shipped um, 316. So the good news was is that I had another pallet that was just delivered to me from my last or- from another order, and okay. those were all correct. So, so I took those Peter off to the shelf. Paul. You got that right. So I stole from Peter to PayPal, and they're shipping me today the raw material that I now have to cut myself for the nine inch lengths. Oh, um, so, <laughs> so I have to cut a hundred. Oh, I have to we make screwed up. Cuts so, today. Right. Well, this so is the only way to correct up, it. Therefore, you know, you have to do extra amount of work for, let me guess, it's about the same amount of money that you paid. Uh, well, they, they actually are comping all of this as they should and which oh, they're doing cool, great. Cool. You know, they're, they're making it right, you know, as well, as well as they can. They're, the problem is, is if I were to ask them to cut those nine inch lengths, they would do it for free. There would be no charge. It would just be three, four weeks yes. out. And I, I mean, yeah. can you imagine like, I, I'm not, I need to ship like I'm, sh- I'm shipping, you know, kits every day. So, uh, so anyway, so I'm in the shop this morning early to swap. So I took all that steel off that shelf, um, close to 5,000 pounds of steel, moved it by hand on the, um, Onto the a pallet, wrapped it so that they could pick it up, and then uh, and then offloaded the the good steel. And then I'm waiting for a call, so I may get a call in the next, you know, whenever from the truck driver who's got uh, like four or five sticks of of the right material for me to cut down today 
at a later date or, you know, cut a few just to get the orders out and then I'll cut them as I go. But uh, so, yeah, so that's why I'm in the shop early. And then I got a call from my wife and she's so sick. She's like got a migraine this morning. Uh, so everything kind of yeah. just it, it and, and, you know, here's the thing, though. I still love this work. You know, meaning this is good, meaningful work for me. I still like every day I come in here and I'm like, yeah, I just still love this every day. It doesn't bother me. And um, and I enjoy it so much. So that's why we were recording early. And Ben, hopefully we'll get our text messages and um, jump on here in the, in the next. <laughs> yeah, I don't know ben, where he's at, but here at nine o'clock, you message, hey, can we jump and do the podcast early today? How about now? And like port for me, that's fine. I've been up for a couple hours. Where Ben, it's like what six, seven o'clock in the morning. The poor retiree he's can't get awake. up this early. <laughs> he's probably awake. He's probably dealing with his kids, though. He's he's uh, he does Mister Mom duties in the morning, so he's probably yeah. getting his kids and shuffle them out. So um, at some point, hopefully, Ben, you you're jumping on with us. I apologize the timing. Um, I actually spent all afternoon with Jeff Fader yesterday. Oh yeah, full blast. How'd that go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. It was good. We uh, we did a full blast podcast together and just kind of did an update. You know, I hadn't been on his show for a few months, so uh, you know, discussing and talking, um, you know, just about life and business and balance and all of the things that go along with that. Uh, and we were talking about meaningful work and why, you know, it's so important that you, you know, enjoy what you do every day. You only get one life on earth. Right. And and you and I have had these discussions privately and on the podcast about, you know, enjoying the things that you do every day. And it's just such a, um, a good thing to and a, I feel so blessed to do it. So if I have to move all the steel by hand and whatever else and load and unload trucks, that's hey, look, I'm still. I still love what I do. And even though I can complain right. about it and dramatize it, um, you know, this is part of the deal. It's part of what we do every day. See, you know, I feel like it's problems. it's human nature to uh, complain at least a little bit, even if you're, you know, if you're moving bars of gold, you, you know, your back hurts from moving the bars of gold, you know, it's just part <laughs> yeah. of life that it's just, you know, there's first world problems and then there's, you know, real problems. And, you know, it exactly. just feels it's good a- to complain every once in a blue moon. That's all right. I've got. A roof over my head. I've got clean water to drink and good food to eat right. and good friends to party with. So, yeah, totally. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? You speaking know, of like, good friends is, to party with, speak, speaking of good friends to party with, you and Bald Man Tools or uh, Bald Man seem to be hanging out quite a bit. How's that going? You know, Brent has really stepped up in this move. Um, it's going great, by the way. I, it's really nice to have somebody who shares the uh, same kind of. Um, you know, uh, sphere, you know, uh, I don't know how to put it. It's kind of the same commonalities that we have. Um, he's, he's about my age. He's he j- happy birthday, Brent. He just turned 41 yesterday. Oh, and nice. um, yeah. And he lives five minutes from my new shop. So he's Very nice. really close. And he's one of those types of people that offers to help, you know, like, Hey, what can I do to help? And, you know, uh, so last weekend we were cutting, the verticals for the mezzanine that's going to go in here and with um, his raffle so knife, nice. we, must, we must add <laughs> yeah i think he's still raffling that knife off i don't know yeah, you can go was, to bald man knife and tool and see but that's what i was gonna bring up is i've already bought one of those tickets for the thing it's 12 dollars for a ah. sticker pack and i mean i i just did a raffle i totally understand so like i'm trying to push his raffle too because i think when i ordered i guess i may have jumped on it early i think i was number 12 so this man oh. needs to get a couple more orders in there. So 
Anybody out there listening, go over to Bald Man Knife and Tool. Uh, what is it? BaldmanKnifeandTool.com to check out That's his it. raffle. Dude, first of all, those stickers are worth $12 in themselves, let alone oh, getting the uh, chance to win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, they're great stickers. Yeah, excellent stickers. Up, yep. oh, hold on, I got somebody at my door. Let me okay, cool. Stand Go by. Ahead. So while Brian is out answering the answering the door and possibly bring in a bunch of steel. I'm going to go ahead and jump into, I mean, this is the work for it podcast. I'm sure nobody really gives a shit about, um, my vacation. Basically, let me give you the quick rundown. We went down to Florida. Uh, we flew down there. I was a little bit nervous because of the flight and, um, um, very nice. Not, not too much turbulence. Not, not, so, a not hey, a big Brian, issue. there. Yeah, man. Just, just as I predicted, my steel delivery is here. Let's let's pause for a second. I'll let no, this go, part out. I've actually I've actually started uh, talking about basically doing the rundown of my vacation. If you got if you want to go get the hey. get the steel, yeah. I will just run through it real quick. What probably five minutes, ten minutes? Yeah, yeah, it's right around the corner. I'll grab it and grab the fork lift and get it off the truck, and then yeah, I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, cool. So as right, I was cool. saying, guys, so um. Basically, we went down to Florida. We took, we did it. It was a really nice setup. Basically, we had a house. It was me and Emily and her sister, and then her cousins who have um, three girls under eight years old. So they're just that perfect age to take to Disney. They get all psyched and all that fun stuff. And we actually did it really fun where um, they didn't know, they thought we were just going down to Florida to like swim in a pool and whatnot. They didn't know we we're going to Disney until we ended up, you know, basically going in and driving in and seeing the big, you know, welcome to Disney sign and they lost their shit, you know? So, um, so anyways, um, we flew down there and then we had one day off. So basically we, we got in there nice and early in the morning. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice and early. Um, Wednesday, excuse me. I, we flew down there right around two. So we got there Wednesday evening. We had Thursday off Friday is when we went to Disney world Saturday is when we went to Universal, and then we had a half day off before I had to fly back. So, you know, going down there and chilling for a little bit was really nice just because, you know, you can um, acclimate down to the Florida weather. We literally left here, and there was, um, I think it was right around 38 degrees when we left, and then when we opened the doors on the plane, it was like 78 there, so that was nice. And then the reverse, of course, happened on, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning, where, you know, we left we left 80 degrees and came back to snow on the ground, which is a little bit of bullshit. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, so we had fun. Uh, went to Disney. We walked literally 12 miles each day. So that was that was a lot. <laughs> we, we all got blisters on the bottom of our feet. But, you know, it was it was mainly, you know, I'm not a big Disney fan. I I honestly if I had a choice, if I had to go down to Florida and choose between going to Disney and Universal or going to work for a couple days in Brian's shop, I would have 1000% chose going to work out and work in um Brian's shop. But sadly it it didn't work like that. Um this whole trip was basically our Christmas present for this year, so you know, basically we didn't really pay other than for the food that we ate and whatever we bought at Disney and Universal, um, simply because it was the, uh, the cousin, Emily's cousins, you know, basically flew us all down there and get, got us tickets. So it wasn't money out of our pockets. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with the flow. 
I'm not going to try to, you know, upset with one of the days off and or, or rent a vehicle and drive all the way to the other side. And, you know, they, they flew us down there to have family time. So, you know, I wasn't going to mess with that or try to add any more stress into it. Um, the original, the, when I heard that this was going to happen, um, I was so angling to try to, you know, make it over to Brian's shop. First of all, just to meet Brian, you know, Brian is such a great guy. He, you know, basically put a big spotlight on my, my knife making career just by asking me to be on this show, which is huge. Like I am very grateful for, you know, all the opportunities that Brian has thrown my way and all that fun stuff. But, um, basically, you know, I really want to get down there to meet Brian, you know, sooner rather than later. And I was so angling at the very beginning of this situation that, you know, I would, we would have a day off. So I'm going to rent a car, drive the three and a half hours over, hang out with Brian for a couple hours and drive the, drive the three and a half hours back to Orlando. But, you know, then I realized, you know, they, they are paying a lot of money to fly us down and get us into the parks and just to have family time. So, you know, they spent that much time. I didn't want to add extra stress into the situation. So sadly, it just didn't work. Um, but the nice thing is, is that, you know, it's kind of opened my eyes. You know, I've, I've never really done a whole lot of flying before. So, um, flying down to Florida, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a couple hundred bucks, but you know, I feel like the experience to go and hang out with Brian house is worth a couple hundred bucks here and there, you know? So I have already started socking away some money to try to make it down to Brian house's, uh, Brian's shop here, I, I'm going to try to angle before, you know, too long, next couple of months, maybe six months tops. Um, I'm going to try to fly right down to Naples and then stay literally as long as he'll let me, <laughs> you know, if that's, if that's a couple days or a week or whatever, um, that would be fun. I mean, first of all, it'd be worth it just to leave Michigan snowed to get down to Florida and then to be able to hang out with Brian House and make a lot of, you know, killer content, I know that if we get into the shop together, we're going to be making knives, we'll we'll be hanging out, we'll be making some content and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, it is, it, it'll be one hell of a, you know, a really cool thing to do and well worth the flight down and back and however much it is to, you know, rent a hotel or whatever it is. Or, you know, however that turns out, that'd be really cool. But anyway, so Disney was cool. It was really cool to see the, you know, the three little girls reactions. Um, they are, let's see, there's a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and an eight-year-old. So, you know, they're just the prime age where it's like, you know, they're all freaked out about Disney and all that fun stuff. So, I mean, I went to Disney World in high school with the mar high school marching band. I, um, so I've already kind of experienced the vast majority of it. So it, nothing was, I mean, it, of course, Disney is cool, but it's it's not my cup of tea. You know, I didn't really grow up on Disney movies. I mean, I guess Pirates of the Caribbean is really cool, but, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm more of the mindset of, you know, this is the Christmas rush. And, you know, basically I had to bust my ass for a long time to get ahead enough where I could, you know, budget my time so that I could go on this trip. But, you know, I feel like it was worth it to, you know, spend time with that side of the family, which I haven't really spent a whole lot of time with. I mean, a little bit, but, you know, I'm I'm the boyfriend, not quite around for three years yet. So, you know, I, I haven't spent a ridiculous amount of time where I actually know them well. So it was really cool to, you know, bond with that side of the family and all that fun stuff. 
uh, see the little girls really, really, really freak out over Disney and Universal. Um, that was just an experience in its own. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 28 years old. I haven't really, Emily and I have both kind of realized that we're not going to have kids probably for a little bit. Um, basically we want to get our, get our lives in order financially and all that fun stuff. Um, so, you know, going and seeing the girls really freak out over Disney and just, you know, just lose their mind over it. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't want to say, you know, baby fever by any means, but you know, I can really see the, the appeal real quick, you know, because that, that was just, you know, it gives you goosebumps seeing, seeing the, you know, kids who really appreciate and watch Disney all the time, go to Disney world and just, you know, enjoy it as much as they did. And I realize, I'm sorry, guys, I'm talking about Disney World and Universal. This is a work for it podcast. Nobody gives a shit about Disney. None, none of us, you know, let's see, we're probably anywhere between 20 and 50, maybe 60 year old guys hanging out, listening to the work for it podcast. You all probably should have skipped through this already because nobody gives a shit about my, you know, vacation or whatever. But for those of you who actually care or, you know, want to listen to it, I appreciate you guys. Um, but yeah, guys, so. Yeah, we did Disney, we did Universal, and that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it it was an experience that I feel like a lot of people should have, but you know, definitely do it for the kids. Don't do it. I I feel like there's probably people out there that you know don't go to experiences like that, even though there's kids really would love to, simply because they're working so damn hard, and you know they've got to, like Brian said, you you know, as entrepreneurs, we really worry about getting food on the table and, you know, busting our asses all the time, all day, every day. And I feel like, you know, that really keeps people from going and doing these large experiences that, um, you know, their family would really appreciate. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying that you have to, but, you know, every once in a while, it's worth it, I feel. And especially if, you know, if you have kids or whatever that are into it or I, I don't know. I'm not here to tell you guys what to do. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I'm just some, you know, 20 year, 28 year old punk that's, uh, you know, trying to talk about my vacation and not feel bad about it because I feel like, you know, it's, it's kind of like Jeff Fader's thing with, you know, politics, you know, I don't care about your, your version of politics and you probably shouldn't really care a whole lot about mine and we'll just, you know, not talk about it. Um, because that's what just makes everyone happier because it's, it's, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to change your opinion. But anyways, you know, basically that's my whole thing is like, I went on vacation in like here. I feel actually, let, let me get into it a little bit. I feel a lot of guilt about going on vacation right in the middle of the Christmas rush. Um, because I know that there's every respectable knife maker is like knows the grindstone right now because you know, it's, it, in this Christmas rush, you make, you know, I, I've done the numbers. I mean, I'm making more between October and December than I make from, you know, the beginning of the year to, you know, through September. So, you know, right in the middle of when I'm making the most amount of money and, you know, busting my ass the hardest, I stop for a couple days and go down to Florida for fun. It just feels wrong to me. I, I don't know why. Give me just a second. I'm going to cough. Sorry, I muted my mic so you guys didn't have to hear me cough, but um I 
it just feels wrong to me that, you know, right in the middle of when everyone should be busting their ass, I decide to go down to Florida and, you know, drink a couple Mai Tais in the middle, right, right smack dab in the middle of the uh, Christmas rush. So it's like, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of feels a little bit weird that when everyone is busting their ass, I decide to go down to Florida. I see Brian's back on. Speaking of Florida. I am back on. I am back on. Without incident, uh, offloaded. Twenty. These are 24 foot long, quarter inch thick, one and a half inch tube steel. And uh, Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a little bit of a pucker situation when you're moving that much steel with a forklift that's that long. And I have to do it. The people right next to me are a, they're a vehicle transport company. And they have all of these expensive cars parked right along the path that I have to take to get in here, like Corvettes and Ferraris and oh, Maseratis. Jesus. And I'm like mo- like moving huge, long, heavy pieces of steel. And I'm balancing it in such a way where we put a strap around the center. We measure center, strap around the center, then lift it up with the forks. And then, uh, yeah, so it looks like I'm jousting, if you can imagine. I'm, I'm, I've got, you know, my arm wrapped around the steel as I'm driving it. And then uh, I'm just kind of like maneuvering through this parking lot filled with probably $10 million worth of cars. It's just not, you know, there's no stress involved, no anxiety at all. No, 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 nothing. It's, it's, it's all, it's all good. So uh, <laughs> you need to set up a camera and film that process the next time, because oh I feel like God. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. Dangling some steel over these, you know, high end cars, yeah, you know, yeah. the pet, the pucker factor is definitely there. I just don't understand why somebody would have a business like that in here. Cause there's just fork trucks and like AC people and cabinet makers. And then you have this right. like car hauling company that just doesn't fit, but whatever. Hey, you know, who am I to judge? Uh, why insurance is there, I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. I just would, I would really suck if I hit one because <laughs> the common sense definitely isn't there with those people. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they got to do business somewhere, but the, I don't know, the parking lot, here is small so they take up every spot and then you know they're out there standing there watching you do it like you better not hit one of these cars <laughs> anyway anyway brian i appreciate your patience while i offloaded that so uh yeah man yeah, we man. are uh 28 minutes into the podcast i've already got a steel delivery <laughs> there we go i'm just waiting there on something else to show up <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I'm glad you're back from Florida. I'm glad you had a good time. I'll re-listen to the podcast later so I can hear about your experience, but I'm sure it does feel weird. You going off and vacationing and doing your thing while everyone else is like, you know, hunkering down and doing their Christmas stuff. I will say there's really never a good time to take a vacation. So that is what I was talking about is like, you know, for knife makers, you make the vast majority of your money right before Christmas. So literally right in the middle of that rush is when we decide to go down to Florida. It just feels, I, I don't know. I, I, have you ever had the experience where it's like, you know, you're doing something for fun, but really you should be busting your ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anytime I take time off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and by the way, it's just not even knife makers. It's, it's every retailer. Oh, the, trust this me, is where the term years at Target uh, has taught, has taught me. Yeah. Black Friday, do you know you know the definition of why it's called Black Friday, right? It's it's when all the yeah, businesses because all go the way up, in the black. 
Right, all the way up through the year, you're in the red. You're you haven't made your profit quite yet, and then Black Friday hits, and that's when you actually you know s- switch from a deficit to a surplus. That's what that's the hope, you know, is that any right. anybody running a major corporation that's based in sales or retail that is you know Black Friday get into the black. Um, everybody goes, oh, isn't it green? Because you know green is like go or money. It's like no. In business, we call it black. When you make a profit, you're in the black. Uh, so right. that's where the term Black Friday comes from. And, you know, everybody knows that you're going to have the worst possible sales, September, October, possibly even November. And because everyone is kind of conserving their dollars, they're waiting for that gift giving season to come so that they can have, you know, a little bit of extra spending money and whatever. And then bang, everybody spends the money all at the same time. Um, right. And then, boom, you're in the black. You have profit. You have, you know, so you start your year off. Um, I will say I haven't experienced that at all. Like my sales are pretty consistent. Um, you know, the best sales months I have are first quarter. Um, you know, Christmas is good, but it's about the same. I'm really? not in that, that industry. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I was thinking about doing black buying revolutions thing, for their, you know, husbands or, you know, significant others that are makers. Yeah, you know, that that does happen. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look at it again, but I didn't notice last year. Like, I didn't notice, like, mm. a huge sales push. Although, I don't really I, – I tend to – my margins are such that I, I – you know, have, giving discounts is, like, a big deal. So, like, I, I really have to think about it and go, okay, can I afford to, you know, knock this price down? Because when we started Revolution Project, the cost of steel – was significantly less than it is now. And so those margins are shrinking, you know, every month they shrink down. And actually I was thinking about doing a, you know, smaller type of black Friday deal. But so I have a bunch of knives in my, my leather guys shop. um, And I don't honestly sell a whole lot. Like, you know, people are going into a leather shop looking for a belt or, you know, getting their shoes redone or whatever else. They're not going in there thinking, oh, I want to buy a knife. So I don't, I have, you know, probably 30 knives in there, but I've only sold one or two, you know. So it's not a huge this money maker a, for me. This is in a leather shop, you were saying? Yeah. So he's got like a business front on the front end and then his shop is in the back. Um, but yeah, so I was and thinking about going knives? in there. 30, 30 knives. knives? Yeah, 3 zero. Yeah, on display. Um, right. So, you know, I'll, the vast majority of them, probably 20 of them are from, let's see, I've been doing, I've been making knives seriously for, you know, about six, or I've been doing it seriously for, you know, two years. I've been making knives for about six and a half now. Um, 20 of them are earlier knives where I'm just, you know, going from, you know, really shitty. I'm, I'm not going to sell these to like, my first, my first, within my first hundred knives of like these, I feel comfortable selling to customers. You know, mm, 20 I of see. them are currently sitting in the shop. Basically, I took those knives. Um, I, I set them in a, you know, bin for a while where these didn't have customers. I was just making them to make them. And about a year ago, I went back through them and kind of like touched them up, you know, polished them down a little bit better, did better finishes on them, sharpened them a hell of a lot sharper because I didn't know what I was doing back then. And um, basically, I, I, you know, basically, you know, polished that turd a little bit and made them good enough to go into his shop. 
and sell them. And honestly, I'm selling them for about half the prices I normally would. Like if if somebody ordered today the same knife, I mean, obviously I'm making more than twice, you know, the the you know, I've I've more than doubled my skill in making knives, but I'm I'm selling them for about half the price. But honestly, you hmm. know, they just aren't selling and I, I'm thinking about taking those 20 knives and like knock, knocking them down pretty drastically just to get them out of the way, you know. They're not doing me any the, good sitting on the on the Let me shelf. give you an, an idea. What if you did this? What if you went over there today and told them, like, hey, I want to take all these and I want to market them on my Instagram uh, as Christmas gifts, you know, potential gifts to sell and take some decent photos of them and put them up on your Instagram and your website and then mm-hmm. and then mark them down significantly and clearance them out because I think that's going to you know, those, those will move, you know, if, you know, people are listening to the podcast or hearing it, um, I'm interested to see what they look like. So I want to, you know, kind of shop around. <laughs> some, and of see them what are, you're... some of them are kind of on the ugly side. Like I'm not going to lie. It's okay. um, I've, I've learned definitely. I, I mean, my skills, especially when I started going, you know, when I started having my own shop where I'm not just making them here and there, um, a couple of them are, I think quite a few of them are, you know, were made on a one by 30. Like this yeah. is, this is pre, you know, two by 72, you know, level tooling, let alone skills. So, sure. you know, they're, they're not the greatest. They're, they are what they are. They will cut, they will, you know, do all the things you need them to do, but you know, they're, they're just not the high but if polish. If your prices, if your prices reflect low, that, right. Right. Yeah. And and people are like, hey, I want to support Brian's work. I also would like to give a gift to somebody. I don't want to spend, you know, 300 bucks or whatever, but I'd like to, you know, help do whatever. It puts a little money in your pocket and you're you're I was just listening to Josh Smith and Jeff Fader on the Full Blast podcast talk about Montana Knife Company. And he got some really good advice from someone who was in the retail space. I think uh, an, an executive or one of the founders of Under Armour was like, look, direct sales are going to be hands down your best bet. Like, don't even talk about retail. Don't even look at doing that. Just just start doing direct sales on your website and Instagram and market it yourself. You're going to find that you're going to get uh, the right customer, you know? So mm-hmm. I encourage you to try it, man. I mean, you know, you've got the inventory. You might as well. And this is the time to sell it. I mean, everybody's looking for a blade. Now, do these blades come so, with sheaths or are they? Are oh, they... yeah. They all he's made leather sheaths. That's the whole thing. Um, He's actually really given me a great deal where basically he's given me an entire bit shelving tower in in his shop, all gla- all behind glass and all that fun stuff. But, um, yeah. you know, he's not taking up. He's not taking anything from the knife. So when one of them sells. You know, I get the the sale of the knife, and he gets the sale of the sheath, and that's that's just what it is. So it's it. He's so not have like to charging me for space the, or anything. Yeah, you'd have to potentially buy the sheath from him. Probably what I would knives, go. I probably what I would do is go through and like, hey, I'm gonna take this ten and go take really nice pictures of them, and um, put them back, and then you know, basically put them up on my website. And as soon as they sell, I'd call them up and say, hey, go ahead and set that aside so I can ship it. Yeah, it's a great idea. I think you're going to get a lot more traction that way. Even if you're not as proud of this work, um, it's that's still your early is, work and, and, you know, take advantage. That's the thing is, um, you know, one of the big things like why I don't have them up on my website is specifically because I'm not proud of that work. That doesn't reflect what I can make now. And I would hate for, you know, somebody to 
basically contact me and say, hey, where can I see your knives? And I just direct them to the website or, you know, I go see. to my Instagram and look through. And if I put up, you know, really subpar knives up on my website, you know, that that would really I, I imagine if somebody goes through and says, "Ooh, wow, that looks crunchy. I, I don't I don't think this guy can really, you know, hold this water. Yeah, so I see what you're saying. That's maybe, kind maybe of my that's my big separate, hesitation. Make a separate catalog for it and just say, like, this is my my early work. And, you know, I've progressed a lot as a knife maker. Kind of preface it, preface it with that. You know, I think that. Yeah, I, I personally think. There's something there. There's dollars to be made, and I think you should recoup your money and and see what you can do. Because I think there's some people that go that will really like it from, you know, the perspective of supporting B cone knives. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. the the other part of it. So, but I get it if you're embarrassed by it and you don't want to show it off. You know, here's uh, the other end hey, of things. Whatever. So, um, I've been kind of making it a small tradition of mine where every year I make my first, like my first knife was my little finger hole EDC knife. I don't know if you've really seen those. Yeah, no, um, I like those. Those are great. I've been making it kind of a tradition where I make every single year I remake it to the best of my abilities. So I, I have five or six of them kicking around where if I lay them down, you can see such a huge progression of, you know, the first one's really shitty. It's made out of 01 tool steel and there's, you know, there's, there's scratches in it that rival the Grand Canyon. Like it's, it's bad, bad, bad. But then the next year, you know, those, those Grand Canyon scratches turn into, you know, just, you know, a little bit of, you know, river style scratches. And then the next one that's, you know, pretty well polished, but it's shitty materials. And then, you know, as I go on, you know, it, it just gets better and better and better. So it's kind of fun. Like every year I remake them and it's it. And then the thing is, is the, those are the knives that I'm carrying around all the time. So, you know, I kind of retire my, my nano neck knife that I carry in my, my finger hole EDC. That's in, first of all, I need to come up with a better name than a finger hole EDC. Somebody out there, <laughs> you're right. Somebody that out there, come up with name. a better name than that. Well, the it's it's a three inch knife and it's got a finger hole, so and it's the everyday carry. Like it makes sense in my mind, but every time I say that, I, I think stop and think like, oh shit, that sounds really bad. I need to come up with something better. If there's about, somebody out what there, about, who, uh, what about this? What about this for a name? EDC three. EDC three. EDC three because it's three inches long. It's everyday carry, and that gives yep. it kind of like a part number feel. You know, it kind of okay. describes like I'm what it, it does. EDC three, yeah. You know, it, it takes the finger hole portion of it out. You know, like, uh, <laughs> Which yeah. is definitely the. Uh, this is know. my finger bang three <laughs> model. Well, it, it works for Jason or for Jason Hartwell down down in JK Blades in Alabama. Oh yeah, or Georgia. Holy oh, shit! I just call him Alabama. He's oh gonna my kick God. my ass for that. Oh man, oh that's a huge rifle right there. But um, <laughs> his his little his version of the nano neck knife is his little finger bangers. The so, finger bangers. See, but that's funny. See, that's why I think that you know the finger hole three or whatever. <laughs> There's yeah, something around. Yeah. There's just something not right about that. But I I, I like yeah. finger banger. I think that's funny. Uh, yeah. but yeah, no, I think EDC three could work. Uh, that would be kind of fun or, you know, we can get more creative with it, you know, but yeah, uh, people, the little carrot, shoot, maybe. shoot, shoot your the gherkin. little carrot, <laughs> the gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so much better. You're right. The gherkin. That you've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
You could do it's, like a whole line of them with like green handles, and you could like no, collaborate with pickle cutters. Thing, you know, pick, I was just gonna say you could collaborate with is, Nick. No. That'd be pretty funny. Oh, I'd, I'd be oh, into shoot. it. So, all right. So hey, listen. All right. So we're forty-one minutes into the podcast. Switching gears real quick. Do you have you taken a look? I have not had time to look at uh, WFI projects. I'm assuming uh, that there's a bunch more. Let's take a look. Every yeah, I every time say, I look at it, I'm <clears throat> I'm just blown away by how many tags. Eleven hundred and twenty-one tags. Holy crap! And there's just some I normally awesome look at it here. Wednesday morning, so I'm I'm a little out of uh. Well, it's Wednesday morning, here. right? You're you're looking at it now. Let's see this here, man. Maximus knives, dude. He's got this ass. knife called Oh yeah, the Desperado, the GTX Chef. See, there's a name. That's a catchy name. GTX Chef is balanced at the bolster ricasso point of the knife, which is a sweet spot for sure. Um, it looks like he used some Mexican blanket G Carta. I'm assuming it's G Carta. So, fun fact, oh. I did a um, live stream yesterday, and I had him on, and he was talking about this knife. Um, so, really? this is, oh, shoot. It, that was, it was the first time that he made Damascus. So it's like his very first, like he put in so much time and effort into this. Um, and then, you know, obviously he's got the G Carta on the handle and um, I forget what kind of wood is on the other side. Some fancy ass wood. Maybe it's like a es- desert ironwood. Or, shoot. I've yeah, got such a desert ironwood. I should probably remember Yeah, that. desert ironwood. But yeah. So he went through and it he ended up selling it for a way lower price than what it should be. Like this thing is a very large knife and he sold it for, I mean, I, w- I probably wouldn't sell a knife in, you know, mono steel for that, let alone, you know, made your own Damascus. But he, he specifically sold it for less because, you know, it's the first time he's making Damascus and he, he didn't want to, you know, have a failure and have someone pay too much for it. So it looks like a solid piece. I mean, the Damascus is beautiful. That's his first Damascus. Looks really And like, that's the thing is like, you know, he put so much time and effort into that. And he, he said that he put about 25 hours into this dumb thing and he ended up selling it for way. I mean, I I don't want to give away his prices because that's just something you probably shouldn't do. But you know, the person who owns it now absolutely stole this thing. Let me put it that way. Yeah, it's such a cool looking knife with a mixed handle and the uh, G10 spacers, and the the blade is just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I'm digging into his feed, by the way, because uh, he's got multiple. He's got a four series of you know the etch and then the handle making and then you know the balance yeah. of the knife. So if you look through, you can see what we're talking about. Super inspiring if that's your first uh, Damascus, uh, Neil. I, I really, really like it, and I like the style of the handle where he used the Mexican blanket G Carta yeah, as only half gorgeous. of the handle, which is really interesting. So I dig it. I dig it. Have you I ever, would, I would, have you ever uh, done a live stream or talked to that man before, Neil? Uh, no, I have not. I'm, you know, Dude. I'm... I'm very interested in his existence. He's got a very cool life and what he does and everything, but I, I've only just DM'd with him, really. You need to do a live stream and invite him on, or maybe we can get him on this podcast because that man can tell a story. Like, you just, I mean, 
I'd love to hear Honestly, he, he, he is he is such a fantastic storyteller and whatnot. He would be a great person to jump on this podcast. So let me go ahead and okay. jump on to Moonshine Leatherworks. So there's a couple posts of his on here, of course. Like he he always has a couple posts on here. It's it's fantastic leather uh work and sheath making. It looks like this first one is actually some sort of a sheath, or maybe, you know, over there at the Art of Craftsmanship, they uh they informed us that it's a mask on a uh on a axe so maybe this is a uh, a putter a- uh, mask but it's basically <laughs> a sheath for the end of this putter and it looks pretty cool it's got like a camo look on it kind of a interesting looking setup and then of yeah. course he also has fantastic wallets i've said a couple times that i'm i'm in the market for a new wallet um the one that i have i i bought just a couple years ago and it's already falling apart it's a mass-produced piece of shit i probably shouldn't have bought it to begin with so maybe I need to uh, hit up Moonshine over there and uh, get a nice quality wallet. Yeah, his work just looks ridiculously uh, above the grade of anything that you'd be able to buy in a store unless you were in like a oh, high, high-end store. So yeah, no, his work is amazing. Um, and he's a supporter of our show. And, you know, just by tagging his his pieces, you know, following us and everything. So yeah, I would, I would mention it to him and see what he says. You know, I don't know what his pricing Honestly, looks like I, or anything like that. I went one step more dumbass where I saw an ad for a wallet on Facebook and bought it. So that's, oh, that's the quality I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, did shoot. you see this, uh, this ax? I don't know why, but seven weeks ago, howling winds hammer, which is all one word on Instagram. He posted this, uh, this, this looks like a camp axe hammer. I don't know what you would call it. It's a special project. Little, little jam will be available soon. Um, anyway, you said seven it, weeks ago, seven weeks ago, he, oh. he tagged WFI projects. It's in the top posts on my page. It's the, it's an axe and hammer, uh, that's, it, insane it looks so cool he did the hammer work and he or the metal work and the woodwork on it and um i, I just howling sadly, it's winds not coming hammer up. sadly it's not coming up on my end you're just gonna go ahead and uh have to explain Here. it i'm gonna t- i'm gonna tag you so just stand by there we Beacon go knives. i'm gonna tag you while in, you're doing that let me go section. on to the next person real quick all right um uh, let me pick one real quick uh Gotta love that dead air, eh? Um, so, <laughs> such a professional you are, dude. I thought I did well with the uh, time that you went and you know grabbed your medal. Hey, so. you dove on that grenade, man, for sure. Normally the truck <laughs> doesn't show up until like eleven o'clock, so today he was early. But uh, but yeah, Ka O Jeanette. I don't know if that's the proper way to say her name. The the woman who's been making all those spoons. Yes. Do you know who I'm talking about? Is that the way that I you know say exactly? It? Uh, Kawa, I say Kawa Jeanette. Uh, is Kawa what Jeanette? I assume it is. We'll go with that. Kawa we'll go Jeanette. with that. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. listening, go ahead and correct me. Let Shoot me a DM. Let me know. I've actually been talking to her a little bit. Um, So let's talk about this post real quick. So this is another one of her wooden spoons, and it has like this hole in the middle. I don't know if that's for like you know, some sort of a soup spoon or what, what that's made for, but it looks like a boatload of time goes into, you know, carving these spoons and you know, that's something I've always wanted to do, but I feel like I just don't have the patience for. <laughs> but I've actually, I've been talking to her a little bit because I had a uh, customer order a Damascus spork, like a hand-forged Damascus spork. 
So <laughs> I know it's very it's very weird, and it's it's a person that you know I would be doing. Yeah, I know. I don't that's, know why that's I find that so very funny. It's very funny, but okay, go on. Yes. Well, it's actually is, is this person a lunch lady by chance? <laughs> no. So it's actually a YouTuber. Oh no. Okay. All right. Is this somebody I know? <laughs> uh, possibly not. Um, I don't really want to okay, go into right. it. Who that is? All right. In all case right. It I falls know, through. Okay. But um, okay, you know, right. it's it's something that would be a huge collaboration for me if it does go through somehow, some way. Okay. But um, so okay. I, I'm going to be kind of diving into um, forging out Damascus spoons and then cutting the ends to turn it into some sort of a spork situation. Okay. All right. But so I've actually talked to her a little bit about how she forges her spoons. So that's that's a very interesting craft that you might be seeing a little bit more on my feed. Yeah. Trying to figure yeah, out yeah. how to spoon that thing out. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, this like a slotted spoon like this is typically used for like stews and soups where you're stirring you know then you want okay. the things to go through it instead of using it to like ladle things out or, or <laughs> you know whatever but because it doesn't work for that but uh, uh yeah there's all kinds of reasons why you would want a, a hole in a spoon and this is a really cool uh piece the the, the hand car again i got to go back to the fact that wfi projects brings together people doing making and that's right, what I love yeah. about it so much is that you would never know. Like, you're like, who do I talk to about this Spork project? Like, I would never know who to, to reach out to. And it just turns out that Kawa Jeanette does this and you can, you know, it's fairly simple. The spoon part is the hardest part, you know, and then cutting oh, the, ta- the, the tines into it is probably no big deal. But, yeah, right. I've been DMing with her, too, because I'm I'm buying some things from from her. Oh, yeah. For Christmas gifts. Yeah. Ah, hopefully Sarah's yes. not listening through her. Yeah, right. She doesn't. She doesn't really listen, so I think we're good. But yeah, it was. Oh, it's cool. for Sarah. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Uh, all right. So I tagged you in that axe, and I, if you get a chance oh. to look at, it, that's cool. Um, if not, no big deal. It's a great. It's a great axe, and I think the reason why it's in my top post is because it's got forty-two comments on it now and three hundred and fourteen likes. And I think, like the way Instagram works, is the more it you know, gets attention, it starts pushing it Holy up into the cow. tag feed. I just finally had it load up. Oh my Isn't that goodness. Great? Look at that work. I Isn't love that the, beautiful? Uh, the transition on that, on, just on the handle. I'm, I'm just going to talk about the handle for a little bit. That yes. really specific burn pan- pattern on the handle where it just really neatly uh, fades from one to the, from unburnt to burnt. I've done a couple burned handles before and I always screw it up. Every single time I try, I try to do exactly what he's done here and I've never done it well. So I am, I'm super impressed. I think the key to a good burned handle is prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Just go with it and know you can sand it off if if you screw it up. You know, so that's that's the that's But here's the, key. the thing is, is not, he's not think about it too much. He's burned it, but he's also looked like he's gone through and shaped it afterwards, and it still has that really gorgeous, you know, burn pattern on there, where you can see yeah. the lines, like where the reflection of the light is, where you can see that, you know, everything is so uniform on it. Man, that almost looks like it's it's so professional, it looks like maybe it's a dye job, but I know it's not. No, it's fire, and if you're not following Howling Winds Hammer, go go find him on Instagram. It's all one word, Howling Winds hammer he has like 2300 followers 2341 right now um and his uh page is just full of good stuff so he and it looks like he went to maker camp this year uh wow, i awesome. think yeah 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 he was at maker camp so hanging out with High quality uh, stuff right all there. the cool kids yeah glenn howarth yeah. is his name glenn howarth uh so cool and he made some he he's done some just great blade work uh, check him out and thank you, Glenn, for uh, for for uh, including us and in WFI projects in your projects so that we can see what you're doing. And you can do the same thing if you tag WFI projects on Instagram. We will see it just like we're doing right now and shout you out. So do that Absolutely. Uh, on every project that you're working on. All right. I'm going to pick. Uh, a couple more here. Let's look at this one. There is a knife vice project, uh, Moxie engineering. So M O X I E E N G M A C H Moxie E N G mock. Uh, he has developed what looks to be like a really different style clamping system for knife work. And if you can, I don't know if you can see that. It's like a, it's like a teal color. It looks like a really interesting. It was from two days ago. You see this? Yeah, I'm seeing it. And, and I think what he's done here and you can see it in the, uh, the way he's got this clamp. It's, it's definitely a speed thing. So you see how he's got his handles, the, those clamping handles set up and, you know, majority of these knife vices, they rotate. Right. So there's like a a tube within a tube and you can clamp it down. You can turn it in this one. You just legit pull that clamping mechanism up. It pops. It frees the knife. You slide it into the other one and clamp it down. That's it. There's no rotating. There's no clamping. There's no moving. It's done. There's less parts to fail. There's there's less moving parts, which means it's going to last a hell of a lot longer, which I appreciate. Somebody did ask him if he sells them. And he did say he does not. He just oh, banged man. one out for himself, so he does not sell. Come them. on, so man! And, and let's let, get in on this. Well, 
He could probably sell them. But if you look at like his shop, like the background of his shop, this guy's got like some really awesome stuff. So he's he's making some cool stuff in his workshop. Uh, let's see, he's in Michigan. He's near you. Oh, is he he's Michigan? In, man? Uh, he is in where is he? Something Township, Groveland Township, Michigan. Ah, uh, that that, that doesn't mean anything to me. So I don't know. Sadly, I yeah, don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, Michigan's a huge state, man. It's the it's it is. People don't realize I mean, how big it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a couple hours to get pretty much anywhere, for sure. Yeah. So, all right. So let's uh, dive back. Uh, you got you got. Oh, one let me out? let me grab one. So shed time down under. Have you seen his this boat he's making? Like it looks like a fan boat. Oh, it's yeah. It's an airboat. It's like something what that you heck? would ride along in the. It's a model though, swamp. right? It's small. It's a scale. Yeah, it's you see them down here all the time. It's a it's a really uh, big thing down here. But yeah, isn't oh. it like a scaled model? Honestly, I couldn't the, have told not, you that because the uh, perspective on this is I'm looking at the one with the bench in the back. It looks like it's as large as his bench. So I I would totally believe if he if it said like this was he was about to ride this out of the shop. I would told it like that that looks about right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you're right. The perspective on it is, it's hard to, uh, to see if it. I, Noel, if you're listening, which I think you are, fill us in. I think it's scaled down, though. It looks, it looks okay. like it's a model. But again, you're right. I don't. I can't tell either. I don't think you could sit in it though. But he, he does a lot of model building and stuff like that. So he's, he's working a lot with his hands. He actually made a, a little clamping or not a clamping device, but um. Uh, a, a TIG, uh, a soldering iron holder, which would also hold a TIG oh, welder. I don't know nice. if you've seen that, but like that's that, that these are like little things that people don't think about when they're doing a ton of welding is like, where do you set your torch when it's like still mm, real hot and yeah. everything? And um, that that's something that you need. I, I have holes in I get my that workbench up. where I just slide things, but. I have that same problem with my angle grinder when I get done cutting something while I'm waiting for it to, it to spin down. I feel like I need like a yes. hook or something to hang it on so I don't have to, every single time I just sit there for, you know, it's only 30 seconds, but every time it's annoying because I'm just waiting for it to spin down while I've got it unplugged. Well, it just stacks up time and anything, anything you can just minimize all that extra stuff. You know, you just need to, you know, you're right. I don't know what you do. What What does everybody else do with their angle grinders when they're spinning down? I set mine down like an idiot uh, with the, the spinny thing up and just let it kind of do its thing or or. <laughs> And I'm not kidding you. I have a piece of steel that I use as a brake. So I just walk over to it and go, and I just stop. Oh my it God, Brian. Steel. That's it. Yeah. Not fucking around. I got shit to do, Brian. My time is very valuable. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. One more. I want to pick out one more. Red dot knives. Red dot knives. Um, he did this little EDC uh, burlap micarta with orange G10 handles. Um, it's 1084 carbon steel, and he used axe wax as his handle uh, polish on it and blade polish on it. Uh, very, very cool piece. I love the design, and I love his touch mark. His touch mark's fantastic. Red dot knives on Instagram at the moment. He only has 255 followers. His name is Ryan well, we can Earl. We jump that way the hell up. We Wait a need second. What's to his name? Jump him up. Ryan Earl. And Ryan. Uh, his, 
Ryan Earl, and his handle is Red Dot Knives. And if you look at his um, his style, it's 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 like he's got kind of he's making the same knife over and over. He's got a few different styles, but he's doing what I love to do, which is make a whole lot of one style of knife and perfect it, and then yeah. he moves on to the next one. So. Uh, I love it, and I love the fact that he's using Axe Wax, which on the Makery Network, if you use Full Blast 10 and you buy some Axe Wax, axewax.us, you get 10% off, and it supports Jeff Fader and Full Blast Podcast. So use uh, uh, on that website, axewax.us, uh, and, and put some of that on your blades and on your uh, – I guess they use it for all kinds of stuff. Jeff even told me on the podcast yesterday that people are putting it in their hair. Like it's like a pomade. Yeah. Like yeah. I actually so. put a little bit in my beard one time just to see what the fuss is about. I mean it's and how'd it's, that go? Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> so that's so you would not rec it sounds like you wouldn't recommend putting it in your beard. Well, I, I don't really put product in my beard, so I, I don't really know what the uh, hell I'm doing. So I just I thought see. I I, I thought I thought I heard him on either full blast or on knife talk talking about how somebody's putting it in their hair or putting on whatever. I was just, you know, sitting, I was, I was, um, I was waiting for something, some sort of process I was waiting for knife making. I was just sitting there listening to the podcast and he said, it. I was like, screw it. I'm going to try it. So I, I, uh, lathered up some and I run my fingers through my beard and yeah, it is what it is. I don't know. Shit. Did your beard <laughs> stick to your chest then? Or like what, what happened? Like, was it, uh, I mean, it just was, or was it just like a little too stiff? I mean, it's it's basically putting beeswax in your hair. So I mean, that you, I'm sure. Got you can it. Probably... Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I yeah. still put beeswax in my hair. I have a I have a Do recipe. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, my first. I can't business tell if you're was, screwing I around own, or not. <laughs> I am not screwing around. I promise you, I'm not messing with you. So my first business was a company called Moonblink Soap Company, oh, and right, you were telling we me made, about that. yeah, we made soaps, and our one of our biggest seller was pomade. Um, and pomade is a very simple recipe. It's it's essentially um, a beeswax and some sort of oil, like whatever you decide to use. It could be coconut, could be olive, whatever. You blend the two together and then pour it into containers and you let it cure, right? And uh, I made thousands of tins of this stuff, right, and sold them all. And over the years, this was 20 years ago that I did this. Uh, over the years I would, I had, when I moved to Florida, I had like a case of this stuff in these little tins and uh, I'm finally out now. It took 20 years to go through it all, (laughs) but I, I ran out. So that was like, all right, well, I got to pull out my old recipe book and I had, I have everything. I did uh, a book binding project where I made my own books and, um, just, you know, bound up, uh, basically like printer paper. And then uh, used book binding techniques to bind the uh, spine and then made wooden covers for it. Uh, and so inside of this little book that's made out of wood and paper, I have written down all of my recipes uh, for my soaps and for my pomades and different. Uh, I used to make lip balm and all kinds of things. Dude, but you better put I'll that tell in you, vault like Coca-Cola. Like that's that's yeah, going to be valuable well, someday. Well, I'll tell you, I did. I photographed each page and then I uploaded okay. it to my Dropbox just in case something were to happen to it. Because it, the the pomade, I'm not kidding you, is like the best the best thing ever. <clears throat> I have tried off the shelf pomades and hair wax and all kinds of crap. 
this pomade is like it sticks in your hair. It keeps your hair where you want it. And then it adds like a shine and it adds the oil that your hair, you know, if your hair dries out, it adds this oil. If you look at any recipe for any pomade or or beard wax or whatever, it's essentially beeswax and oil. That's all it is. Or it may be a preservative like vitamin E or something, but that's it. And, um, and so, if any uh, listener out there wants a Brian House pomade, <laughs> go ahead and email him at housemade.us. Oh, no, do not email. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not make pomade anymore. They will be selling I, I have for thought- twenty five ninety nine. <laughs> I have thought about it. I have thought about it because you can ma- manufacture this stuff pretty quickly. I mean, it's it goes quick and it can be used pretty easily, but there's tons of people doing it now. So the market oh, yeah, is definitely sure. saturated. Yeah, but there's uh, there, nobody out there sells a Brian House pomade. Like, come on, you got to <laughs> What's the name of it? You were telling me I've, uh, I've now switched over to three. What is it? The EDC three. What What's the pomade? EDC three. Ooh, uh, geez, I don't know. Uh, house wax. How's that? House that wax. Sound right? House sure. wax. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm really not looking to get into that business, but maybe. I mean, I need to make a whole bunch. <laughs> so maybe if there's enough interest in it and you want to, you know, support what I do, I'll make like a thousand tins of it and then we'll sell it on the website. I'm in for one. Yeah, I think I mean, you know, you could use it for all kinds of crap. You can you could even wax your blades and handles and stuff with it. But again, so, Axe so Wax you're saying, does that. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> so you're saying that you're trying to put X wax out of business. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Brian. I'm I'm gonna go into competition with Axe Wax. No, of course not. No, I think grinders. I'm gonna call it grinder wax. You can grind grinder you can wax? wax your grinder with it. You can grinder you can wax your grinder with it. I was going to ask what you're going to put in there for a scent, but you just need to take a little bit of steel dust and, you know, mix that in with the <laughs> man Mix scent. it in with a, with a, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little bit of BO. I'm going to just, I'll just drip a little sweat out of my uh, armpit in each container so that you get a little piece of me. Every time you, every time you're putting in your beard, you're like, what's that smell? Oh, that's Brian's oh. armpit. Ugh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, one more. American American Wastelander. If you're not following James Fleming, American underscore Wastelander, he is doing some amazing knife work. And uh, he's just an all-around cool guy. I talk with him on the phone all the time. He's like one of these people that just randomly calls me out of the blue, like, hey, how you doing? And wants to talk tooling mostly and, um, and such an amazing human being. And uh, we talked a little bit about having classes in the new workshop and James wants to come down and teach class. So Dude, uh, we're going to do that. First of all, I am year. so down to try the, doing that because that sounds like one hell of a time. Yeah, I think it would be really fun to do. And I, we now have the space to do it. We will have the tooling to do it. Florida man forge. J, uh, Justin Miller has picked up my um, press from Tennessee uh, from Clark Taplin from Clark Iron oh, yeah? Forge and it is in Florida in Ocala and he okay. will be in the next week or so delivering a 25 ton forging press to me so very nice we'll have a press we'll have multiple grinders of course and uh and we're going to do I won't be teaching anything other than probably maybe some welding techniques or something like that because I personally don't think that I'm qualified to teach knife making but <laughs> we'll be bring we'll be bringing people in sure uh, to to do classes 
where they'll teach their specific techniques and and uh, and then also uh, hanging out, you know, like you know, doing yeah. the weekend where we hang out and uh, probably drink and eat too much and talk about whatever. Yeah. So. Well, I definitely James will be Fleming. in for that welding. I'll be definitely be in for that welding class because I still do not know how to weld. I've never welded a day in my life, so you know, learning from the great you'll Brian be amazed. House. You'd be amazed at how simple it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is a very easy now with MIG welding and I mean TIG is not my forte. I can do it. Uh but MIG welding, which gets the job done, is insanely easy with the right settings and a little bit of guidance. And you know, like Dexter was doing it at the age of twelve. You know, oh wow. It's not difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. Dexter's that a whiz kid, kid so that doesn't really count. That's true. He is he is a product of my uh, DNA, so he's uh, right, handsome right. and smart. You know, like you know, <laughs> like his old man, like his father. All right, so uh, moving into where are we at on this? We're at a hundred. No, we're at one oh eight hundred, mate. We're at one hour eight minutes into the podcast, and you know, you know what I think means. it is. Do you know what time it is? I know it's what time joke it is. time. It's dad joke time, and I've got a million of them that were sent to me. One of which I I stated on the I, I actually uh, told the joke on the full blast podcast yesterday oh, yeah? because well because shoot, you didn't have the w- trombone what the heck I we even talk about the trombone you're gonna have to listen Aye. to that and we talk about you and we talk about your trombone oh, and really? uh, shoot. yeah we do we really do <laughs> only uh, the bad and, things right. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it was a lot of positive. Uh, as 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 you know, Jeff Fader really likes you as an addition to the to the um, to the show. So uh, definitely something that uh, you you should listen to because he has a lot of positive Absolutely. things to say. I I always listen to the full blast. I I believe a couple episodes ago I talked about how there's A tier podcast, B tier, C tier, whatever. You know, of course that's that's A tier every all day every day. So, I'm still interested I'm, I'm, in your C tier list. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm just, <laughs> just curious. I'm curious who's on your C tier list. Come on, fill us in, Brian. Uh, shoot, Don't I'll, be shy. I'll, uh, put, I'll put together some uh, C tier <laughs> list and share it next time. How about that? <laughs> oh man, I love putting you on the spot. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right here we go. Um, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the same joke because this is really funny. Like I laughed out loud, and this was sent to us. Sent uh, to me by um, Mr. Tomer Botner of Florentine Kitchen Knives, uh, which I really appreciate, um, Tomer. So, I bought a pair of shoes from a drug dealer. I'm not sure what he laced them with, but I've been tripping all day. Now, if you break that joke down, Brian. (laughs) There's a couple jokes in there. There's a couple jokes in there. You know, I bought a pair of shoes from a drug dealer, number one. And then, he, you know, what he laced them with, meaning right, like right, laced right. the shoes with shoelaces. And then the fact that if you do it wrong, you will physically trip all day. It's just a multi-faceted, multi-layered dad joke that I truly appreciated. So, Tomer, you know we appreciate really you. Thank you so much. Do you know what's really funny? What's really funny? When you explain a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! You know, uh, Sarah says the exact same thing. She's like, you know what? You can mansplain anything and annoy the world <laughs> right on your own podcast. 
There it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. There I, it is. I will definitely do that. Uh, here's so a, you here's another one. You've got a couple one. dad jokes, right? Yeah, I, go I've, got an, I've got a couple. One from our buddy Nate Walpole over at Walrus Steel. What do you call an apology written in dots and dash, dashes? What do you call that? A remorse code. That's a good one. That is a good that one. That is a great um, one. That's a good one. Remorse code. I'm not going to explain that if you don't know what Morse code is. I can't help you. Dude, I, I'm just busting your balls. You can explain whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I, hey, listen, you guys are all smarter than me. So, you know, so, sometimes I tell these jokes. By the way, Mark Vanderwerf posted a joke in the DIY Bell Grinders forum yesterday oh that, ma- that went right over it. my head. Oh, my God. It's great. Um, I All right. I got to find it. But um, so I don't screw it up. But um and it's hard because it's a uh, all right. If I preface this, it kind of ruins the joke a little bit, but I have to preface it that it's a it's something that when you read it, you have to you have to read it because it's a spelling thing. So, um, so <laughs> here it is. Uh, I I just spent a hundred dollars on a belt that won't even fit. Huge waste. And waste is. Spe- <laughs> Huge waste. <laughs> waste is spelled W A I S T. Right, now, right, what's right. funny? What's funny on this is that a whole bunch of people <laughs> did not understand it because they didn't know <laughs> the, that the word waste like, is spelled that way. <laughs> I feel like that's and the that's joke just, going through and list or reading all the crazy reading the comments. Below. There's 32 <laughs> comments on this, and there's people going like even Toby from Toby Fire and Steel <laughs> didn't get it. And I think I find it really funny because he's the freaking guy who's always telling the jokes of the podcast and busting everybody's balls. Oh, I can imagine see, there's a can't... couple comments. Hundred dollars for a belt? What? what? Uh, I bought mine at Walmart and it's been going for five years. Hundred dollars? Uh, on what? And I mean, uh, it's just <laughs> this. But again. This is why I love the both the DIY Belgrader's forum where everybody hangs out and tells funny jokes and the fact that Mark Vanderwerf nailed it and got all these people <laughs> to comment on this and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so anyway, oh, cheers to you, Mark V, for uh, stumping us all <laughs> and the gift comments. The people writing in and going, what? Like Ralph Kessler is like, just one belt for $100? What are you doing? You're spending so much. Oh, man. Dave Evader got involved. Um, uh, if anything comes out of that group, it's the dad joke thing and the whole thing. And by the way, none of these are original jokes. I mean, we're all just kind of no, like rehashing no. uh, all this shit. But so anyway, <laughs> cheers to Mark V for that. That. God damn it. It's funny. So, all right, Brian, uh, moving forward this week, uh, we are just to recap because we're approaching the holiday season. So things are going to get very thin time wise for everybody who makes stuff. And, um, you know, so use your time wisely. Work really hard. And I am going to be pushing uh, a couple of unique gift items for this uh, Christmas season, and I'm going to talk about it right now because I have a feeling I have 50 of them, and they're going to sell probably right away. So if you're listening to Work For It Projects you, or Work For It Podcast, you can get in on this early. Um, I am making a series of used 
uh, 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 horseshoes that will be laser etched with the uh, the housework, the house made uh, tagline, which is good work. Uh, hard. <laughs> Oh my God! Hard good work, work and, and good hard luck. luck. <laughs> good work and hard luck, and um, <laughs> and okay, uh, we're, I, so we're, I need a horseshoe. With, oh my God! <laughs> good work and hard luck. Right, exactly. So it'll be a custom laser etch piece. I'm going to start the social media campaigns on this right away because in order to get them out to everybody, it's going to be kind of a mad dash, but I've got 50 of them here. We're going to tumble them to clean them because they still have horse shit on them. And I'm not oh, getting geez. you. Uh, so, so you're they're, they're kind of stinky. Machine. Yeah, I clean it out. It's got a sump. I clean it out every once in a while, but you're right. Okay. After this, this is it. I got to clean it after this. Uh, but then we're going to clean this. We're going to clean each one. We're going to etch them. And then we're going to lay, we're going to etch them with, uh, ferric chloride, just darken them. And then we're going to laser etch the logo and mm. the, um, hard work and good luck in it. And for those of you, and then it'll come with a little card that has the, um, it has the story behind, I don't know if you've ever heard this, the story behind why horseshoes and good luck. Do you know, do you know this story? I can't say that I do. So um, I'll look it up because I'll never do this uh, any justice. But um, essentially, horseshoes have uh, have been considered lucky for a long time. It was it was believed to ward off evil spirits. And they were traditionally held in place with seven nails being the luckiest number. Uh, You know, so there's seven holes in each one. And that was a lucky number. They they were also um, it was also like a. There's also kind of a story behind a superstitious story of a blacksmith and his dealings with the devil. So um, it's it's good luck and protection. And what this what this is, is this is meant to be given as a gift. So if you buy this, you buy this for someone else and you give it to someone. (laughs) First of all, let me me interrupt for just a second. So sure, sure. I I would definitely buy one of these and give it as a gift. But um, Emily's dad has lost an eye as a kid and that's because he was working on a farm and a horse kicked him square in the eye and he lost his eye so this would be like an ironic gift to give him this would be the biggest gag (laughs) gift i don't know if i can do that with emily's dad though because he's a giant i was just gonna say but you're treading while you're treading lightly buddy you're you better watch it you know i've been around for about three years but <laughs> Remember that traumatic experience you had as a kid? Let's make fun of it this Christmas and give you a gift. Is he a, is he a funny guy though? Like, is he would he appreciate something like that? Oh, I'm sure he would. But yeah, yeah, okay. All right. So that th- there's there's a great story behind a blacksmith making a deal with the devil, and, and okay. all of that will go on the card, and it will be a part. So of you're this saying gift how and- I made it onto this podcast? <laughs> are you calling me the devil, Brian? What are you saying? <laughs> no, I'm not saying you're oh. the devil. I just, you know, had to sell my soul. I've been called that before. Yeah, you had to sell your soul a little bit. You have to. Um, yeah, here, let me let me give you another another like brief thing. So it, it's also designed to prevent nightmare nightmares. Another legend involves a blacksmith and is dealing with a de- with a devil, and it offers one more explanation for the tradition of wearing or using horseshoes to ward off bad luck and prevent night- nightmares. As the story goes, the devil asked the blacksmith to attach horseshoes to his hooves. The blacksmith did as he was told, 
leaving the devil in excruciating pain. As a result, the devil begged the blacksmith to remove the shoes from his feet. The clever blacksmith again did as he was asked, but only after making the devil promise never to enter a home where a horseshoe was hung. So it has this protection from the devil, protection from nightmares. You know, it's all a bunch of hokey stuff. I, sure, I appreciate sure. it because I, lo- I love old stories that are based around symbols, you know, like things that are, you know, people take with them as like mementos. And when I bought my first house, I was 23. I bought a 1927 uh, Sears and Roebuck house. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. They have them in Michigan, I would, I would assume. But you could order a, <laughs> sure they do, a house but... from – they do. It, it, Sears and Roebuck used to sell houses as kits. So you could buy a house and they would ship it to you. And then you would assemble it. And I lived in one of the, I bought one in 19, uh, from 1927, was built then. Um, and I was 23. And when I uh, moved into it, uh, a, f- a good friend of mine gave me a horseshoe. And uh, he s- told me the story about the devil, and the blacksmith and the whole thing. And I hung the horseshoe over my front door. And then as I was cleaning the house and moving into it, I noticed that there was a horseshoe hanging in the attic. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like that, that this, you know, cause, and it was old, it was nailed to the chimney stack and it was nailed in such a way that it was like behind it, like sort of like against a wall. So you couldn't see it. This is why it was there. And like somebody didn't snag it when they moved out. And I thought, wow, how interesting is this, you know, to find this like relic. And I left it with the house when I moved as well to, to ward off the, "Quote unquote evil spirits and the devil." So sure. So that's what we're going to do this year. Yeah, it'll be uh, there'll be fifty of them. That's all I have, and that's all I have time to make. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to price them at, but they'll come with the card, and they'll come in a. um, I'm going to try to find a little gift box to make it easy to give to someone. So the gift will be not only the horseshoe, but it'll be in a box, a container that you could just simply wrap and hand to someone. So you don't have to really do much to it. (laughs) That's good because I mean I am notoriously bad at wrapping gifts. I would one thousand percent put that. I would one thousand percent just wrap that shit up in duct tape and hand it off. (laughs) <laughs> well, th- that's the or not, the not reason duct behind tape, wrapping this. paper. Why did I say yeah, duct right. tape? <laughs> I, was, I don't know. I don't know. I just got a. Speaking of that, I just got a package, <laughs> and I am I am not kidding you. So uh, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, Mike. If you listen to the podcast, I appreciate you. I'm not sure if you do or not. Um, so a, a a guy from Australia messages me and says, "Hey, I've got this old Canon Mark II camera." Um, it's like five years old. I don't use it anymore. Could you use it for anything? And I was like, I have Canon equipment. Um, you know, I could probably use it for something, but I'm not looking to buy one really, you know, whatever. He's like, no, 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 this is a gift. I want nothing for it and I'll send it to you from Australia. And, um, and he did, (laughs) and he mailed me this really nice Canon camera. And the the point of this is, is that I'm going to mount it at the top of my shop and it's going to be uh, on all the time. And then uh, I'm going to shoot time lapses with it so that um, it'll be remotely controlled because it's got a wireless card in it. You can turn it on and off and do all that. So I'm going to wire it up. It's just going to be a a staple part of my shop and to shoot time lapses with it. Well, when he shipped me the box of stuff, it came wrapped in duct tape like he legit wrapped the whole box on the outside in duct tape. Yeah, just to keep it protected because it came all the way from Australia to Florida. Wow. And um, and and. Also, I would like to state that I've got 
a pile of packages from listeners and viewers and people who appreciate my work that I need to open, which I'm going to do today. One of which, uh, multiple of these gifts, by the way, are gifts that were are just insane. Like I already know what's in the boxes, but one of which I don't know what's in the box, and it's from Dustin O'Hara over at the Art of Craft. Really? Yes. Wow. So, I and it's a big box. It's a big box. Is that currently in your shop right now? It's currently in my shop. Yes. Dude, live opening. Let's do it. Well, I want to do it on camera. So I want to set it up oh, okay. and kind of do a whole thing and then and then open it because I don't know what's in it. It it just showed up yesterday. I have no idea what's in it. So Wait a um, second. Does this I need to stoked. be a new segment where people send us gifts and we do a live opening on the podcast? Oh my gosh. Here's 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 the thing. I need to compartmentalize the gifts a little bit and the 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 kind things that are sent to me because couple of things I feel a little guilty about accepting stuff like that and then and I shouldn't and I know people want to help and support and do the things that they do and I love this but I need a way to present it so that like if somebody were to send me say a knife like you sent me a knife I sure. have it on my desk all the time like it's here I would love a place in my new shop where I can display these things you know like a shadow nice, box yeah. or something right you know to kind of just show the journey of all the people who have helped support what I do over this um, last couple of years. And every, it seems like every other week I'm getting more. In fact, to the point where now I have like a spot, I have a shelf that's filled with unopened boxes and envelopes from people. And I have not opened them yet because I feel like I can't give it justice. Like I want to do it justice. I want to open it on camera. I want to present it. I don't want to just say, Oh, Brian Cohn sent me a hat. And I opened your gift on on air, you know, like when I was right. talking with you. But um, I, I I just I you know Casey Neistat used to do the thing where you do mail I call. Was just and, a, you know, open I was that. just about to bring up Casey Neistat's vlog with he. Yes. I mean, by the I end, he had that. like an entire room. Oh yeah, I watched all of those. But he had an entire room full of these you know gifts that he would he would you know segment out a little spot in his vlog to you know kind of shout out the people that send him stuff. You know, yes, it sounds like that's what it I sounds like do. Brian House doesn't want your guys' gifts. Send me a <laughs> message. I'll give you my address. Come on, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. I do want them because I want I want your work in my shop. That's not what I'm trying to say. But, no, you know, you know what I mean? I'm, I, I'm yeah, of course. Yeah, I no, I know you are. I just I feel like oh, what am I going to I need I need a way to, to to make sure that none of this goes undocumented. Right. And I and and a couple of the gifts are really cool, like really, really cool because they took pictures of them before they sent them to me. And so I know what they are. So I I just uh, what what could this you know what this could be? This could be a really easy segment for your YouTube channel. I know you've that's true. I thought about that. You've always had issues with, you know, having a bunch of kind of I mean, you're a busy dude. It's it's hard to I mean, Especially when when I make a knife, I mean everything takes three times longer than what it should. Like that's just how it goes. Sometimes even oh, longer. Yeah. So you know you're so busy. You're you know you know you're kicking ass with all your housemade stuff. You know you haven't been putting up a whole lot of YouTube. Well, this could be a pretty easy week by week. You spend an hour. You you basically do what K- Casey Neistat did. Open it up on camera. Talk about the people. Highlight their work. Tell them to go follow them at wherever their follow place is. And like we, that would be a great way to 
you know, support the people that are supporting you by sending you gifts or, you know, whatever else, just listen to the podcast. You're right, Brian. And then this is that's a, a really idea. great way to, you know, I mean, I shit. I mean, when I watch Casey Neistat, I would go sit and watch through all of those. And it's, it's really interesting things because it's, it's a, I mean, the WFI projects hashtag is really cool because, you know, we can see work from all over the place, but to actually have them in hand and be able to like really intelligently talk about every little bit of it would be a really easy content and also highlight some really great makers. I think you're right. I think that makes a ton of sense. I'm so glad I brought this up because um, <laughs> you're so right, dude. Yeah, absolutely. It would be an easy segment. The only thing I don't want it to come across as is me asking for things because I'm not. Trust me, I am right. not. I, I don't want that. Um, if if somebody sends me something, it's, you know, it's like when I send people things, it's just like, this is out of the kindness of my heart. You do not need to return the favor at all. And in fact, I put that in the notes. Uh, you know, if I send anybody anything, there is no reciprocation needed because mm. uh, I would never want to put somebody in a position where they felt obligated to return the favor because that is not why I do it. Um, and and I don't want anyone else to feel the same, you know, that way. Well, here's uh, so the other way. It, to I, like that, I like that. I like the concept. Like when when I work with other makers, I really like to you know, trade work for work. Um, I feel like if they sent you a small piece or something like that, it's a really inexpensive way to, you know, get your name out there. And like, to, I mean, a, a video of you showing off, you know, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a promotion thing for them. Or maybe you can like it's make a, a private video that they can share off, share around on their thing. Like to be able yeah, to, and that's I mean, the other part. I don't, I, the other part of it I, I thought about was, if I open these on camera, would that bother the person that sent it to me? You know, I'm not sure if they mm. would want that. You know what I mean? So maybe I'll, I'll preface it this way. I'll say, if you send me something, just know that I'm going to open on camera. You know, right. so just just know that it's going to be out there and that you send it to me and then I'm going to shout you out. And if that happens, you know, that's kind of the, the agreement because I don't want to have to like filter through stuff. And go, well, this guy doesn't want me to film this. And, you know, so I just right. want to be able to do it and 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 give back however I can. Um, mm. and, and the reason I so shout I out wondering... Mike from Australia is because, like, that guy sent me a $5,000 camera body. I mean, that's Holy not cow. a there's no there's no joke there. That's like an expensive camera. And I, right. I kept saying to him, like, you could just sell this. And when, he's like, yeah, it's kind of old. You know, it's like, I don't really need the money. I really would rather send it to somebody that's going to use it. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm blown away by the, the freaking generosity of these people right. in the community, man. I just, it's, absolutely. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I hope you can hear the, uh, sincerity in my voice when I say it, that I, I love this work. I love being a part of this community. So thanks again for everybody yeah. who's supported. So what switching gears slightly over here, speaking of, um, getting things in the mail and reviewing them on camera, I was talking to you a little bit about a possible, um, review thing that basically this, this, um, company that's starting to get into knife making supplies sent me a free box and they ended up sending me this little forge. Did I tell you about this? You did ask me whether or not you should accept it, and and my answer was no because it's a crock of shit, and the, half the stuff they send is junk. 
And then they go, oh, dude, when are you going to make a video on that? I'm like, trust me, you don't want me to make a video on this. Shit. I, I'm ne- you so, never want to hear my opinion publicly on this. <laughs> so that's what I'm about to get into because I, basically they said, hey, we want to send you a bunch of stuff. And I said, hey, oh, first of all, if you send me something, I'm not obligated to make any sort of review video. What I'll do is I'll test it for a little bit. And if it passed my test, then I will think about making a video. And if I make a video, I will only share my own personal. There's nothing you're going to say that's going to change my mind about what it, I mean, I'm going to test these things and I will, you know, do my own thoughts and takes on it, whatever. Well, so they ended up sending me a little forge. And I am so excited to trash the ever loving shit out of this thing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is it, when you say trash it, do you mean that it's just like a hunk of shit or what? Oh my God. I mean, I have seen thin metal before, but on a forge body, how in the hell? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it, I've, I've worked with, um, um, like, Oh shoot! Like I, I can't even explain how shitty this thing is. Like the, um, the kale wool in it is so like, like I open the box and there's little fragmented kale wool all at the bottom of the box. Like it's literally disintegrating out of out of the forge itself, and it's just it's so bad. I if I was paid to take this thing and I I wasn't paid to take this thing, they sent it to me for free, and I feel like I spent too much on it. <laughs> It is so bad. I haven't turned it on. I'm I'm honestly kind of scared to turn the thing on because I know yeah, that I, I you know that kale wool yeah. is going to aerosolize and it's it's a carnicinogen and I mean if I yeah, end up making no, a review video it. on this thing, I think I'm going to end it with a with um, smashing it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, I don't accept. I I've had numerous companies uh, ask me for my shipping address, and these are companies that are selling on Amazon so I get a chance to look right. up the reviews you know so I could kind of see what it is or whatever and um you know some some of the stuff is like they're they're wanting to send me is like got really great reviews on Amazon so then right, but it's when all they send it to me it it's is shit. botted it's yeah. shit and I and I so I like one company sent me a welder and like so okay they send send me a, a welder it comes with no wiring like it didn't what? come with like the torch. It didn't come with the wiring to plug it into the wall. So I messaged them back and I go, so you send me a welder that I don't have any, I can't use. Like you didn't send right. me the rest of it. And they're like, oh, oh, we're sorry. We're sorry. You know, we'll send you the rest of it. So they send me the rest of it and it, the wiring is all wrong, the wrong gauge. Everything is oh, incorrect. Jesus. And I'm like, so I just messaged them back and I'm like, you know, send me a return label because I'm sending this all back to you. Um, this is, I would never promote this. I don't, I, I can't, you know, it's just not something right. I would do. And of course I never heard back from them because it probably costs more to ship it back to them than it, the machine it's itself costs right. to make. And then um, I've gotten sent led lights that don't work and uh, yeah. Bluetooth speakers that are trash and like all these like, you know, <laughs> high margin uh, uh, camera uh, pieces and tripods and bullshit. And I'm just like, I stopped responding to this now. Like I and, yeah. and I know Ben has a different feeling on it. He's like, I just take it and just, you know, give it a shot or whatever. Because he does end up with some good, decent stuff from time to time. Right. And, and he's working with like skill and he's working with bigger right. tooling. He's working companies. with proper yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the thing I with this not. one. It's like, 
you know, this is my first time ever getting sent something for free. So I wanted to just see what the experience is like before I actually, sure, you know, sure. because I do want to work with, you know, actual companies, you know, like, like Jeff Fader has the Axe Wax. Like, that's awesome. That's, that's a really cool situation over there. I'm sure, you know, you know, all of that is, you know, above board and it's fantastic. And Axe Wax are great people. Well, I wanted to do like a dry run just to see what this is like. And so accepting a piece of shit forge and like, the funny part is it wasn't just the forge. It's supposed to be like the whole forging setup. So they sent like these really thin faux leather gloves where the stitching isn't even like, like the ends of each of the fingers aren't stitched close. And there's I mean, like tongs are companies in it. worried about like having like a litigious situation happen or arise from this. <laughs> like if you think about that, like if I sent somebody something that was like not functionally useful, they could hurt themselves and burn themselves. Right. Like, they just don't give a Why? shit. Why? It's a and lot like of the, risk. Uh, the uh, tongs, first of all, the tongs, I think, were about 10 inches from end to end. So they're itty bitty, <laughs> like hardly even tongs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still the rebar, like it, they're ma- they're obviously made out of rebar because you can still see the rebar texture on them. Sure, sure. So it's, it's just probably like, made by like a five-year-old kid in a sweatshop. Exactly. In China and that's when oh, I realized God. like. I went from like, oh my gosh, this is so shitty to, oh my gosh, this is like a shitty company. Yeah. Yeah. And that's well, I exactly knew it, my I experience. I knew it was a shitty company, so. but there's a difference between a company that just doesn't give a shit and, and sells things for cheap and, you know, tries to make as much profit. And then there's the level of shitty of like, obviously this is made of very unskilled label, labor at the bare minimum. And probably if it's yeah. a Chinese company, it's probably children labor. So it's like, this is, this yeah. is terrible. So I agree. And, you know, so that's why I vet all of these people that want to send me stuff. And I've really yet to other than Empire Abrasives, Empire Abrasives sends me awesome abrasives every month. And I am just so (laughs) stoked to have them. If you'd like a discount on your order, you can use Housework 10 and get 10 percent off your orders over at Empire Abrasives. And. Uh, they support the channel with absolutely zero obligation. They just said, Hey, we'll want to, you know, make sure you got the right abrasives and all of that. That is one good sponsor that we have. Um, so, and you know, I, I haven't taken sponsors for the work for it podcast. We probably could. Uh, I just don't, uh, know if it's necessary really. I mean, I don't know if it, if it fits, it fits, but you know, right. I do the podcast because I really enjoy it and it helps us promote what we do and it helps promote our listeners as well. And I feel like that's good enough. Um, if I wanted to make a living doing this, then maybe it would be different. But I don't care to make money. I mean, I want to make money to pay for it and everything else and pay for the equipment. But our patrons do that for us now. I Great don't know segue. if you know Good this. job. <laughs> our patrons over at Patreon. Patreon, not I. For some reason, called them Patreons Patreon. last time I was. Yeah, yeah. Pa- Patreons, Patreon. They're patrons. They're Whatever. patrons, right? Whatever they're, they're called. Anyway, I got shit for that. But all right, so they're awesome um, people. How about that? Yeah, awesome people over at Patreon.com forward slash work for it. You can support our channel for as little as one dollar a month. I'm going to shout out everybody. We now have twenty two. Twenty two. Patrons. That's awesome. Pa- See, I did it again. Patrons. Uh, Marcus over at MW Steelworks. Mark Vanderwerf. 
dad joke himself. Awesome knife dad maker, grinder maker. Uh, yeah. Justin Miller, uh, Florida Man Forge. Devin O'Hara, The Art of Craftsmanship. Noah Bloomberg, Entiat River Forge. Stanley Showstack. Michael Nye, Jamie the Squid, Jamie Blow, mm-hmm. Eric Peterson. Bob Ryan, he does some amazing work. Brigham Kindell over at um, uh, BK. What was he calling his uh, company? Is it BK? It's not BK Knives. It's He's got a whole name. Dude, he's, what? He's doing a bunch of branding now. <laughs> It's B-Cone Knives. Is that what he calls his? Oh, is, is that what knives? it is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bring Up Cattell is B-Cone Knives. You're right. Yep. I won't Sounds I won't right. say his full email address, but hit the beginning of his email address is short, fat, bastard. <laughs> 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 Bring him. I'm sorry, buddy. I had to call you out. I mean, you, <laughs> short, fat, bastard. I won't say the rest. But, oh, that's uh, hilarious. Scott, <laughs> Scott Wilkerson. Menster Hill Forge, Keith Drennan, Bob over in the UK, just straight up Bob, Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives, Jason Moss, Mark LeBlanc, our our another Canadian, Ken 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 Ma, Ken Ma, and Crafty Man Forge, and James yeah. Hun, Hunsberger of Hunsberger Pocket Knives, Hunsberger Pocket Knives, James Hunsberger, and Cardoso Knives. Uh, our, I think it's Rick Cardoso, I believe, uh, or All if right. I'm saying that wrong, Rick or Mr. Cardoso, please uh, hit me up uh, on DM. But Cardoso nods. All of that, all of those people who are supporting us, um, I don't know where to find this uh, information. Let me look here to see what we're generating every month. We are generating $54 a month Whoa. on our Patreon and about $20 a month in our ad revenue, uh, which adds up to almost $100 a month. And that money will go towards buying all new equipment for the Work For podcast. So now that you're back, Brian, I can ship all that stuff to you. So awesome. I didn't want to ship it. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll do that in the next couple of days. Cool. And with that said... Now- I'm going to end this freaking show, dude, because I got to get back to work, if dude, you know what I mean. It's going to be a good day. Everyone have a fantastic work day, work week. Go and kick some ass. Go and get those last little Christmas orders done and shipped. And I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for listening, guys. Appreciate you. Listen, hard luck and good work. Hard luck and good work. <laughs> <laughs> hard work and good luck everybody have a great remainder of your work week and an awesome weekend this is brian house and dr brian cone signing off for the work for it podcast see you guys have a good one see you later goodbye ben we love you we appreciate you hope you're doing great buddy all right all right (laughs) adios see ya You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.